one direct competitor of us. Uh, they went bankrupt a couple of months ago and I was very afraid of them, honestly. Welcome to the Swisspreneur Show, a podcast about startup stories and learnings from experienced entrepreneurs. Here's your host, Sylvan. Lorenzo, a very well welcome to the Swisspreneur Show. It's a pleasure to have you here today. Yeah, thank you very much for the invitation. You are the co-founder and managing director at Linea, a startup which manufactures drone software for powerline inspection. And I wonder, first of all, what actually motivated you to start your own company in the first place? Well, actually, I'm not that type that has ever wanted to have an own company. It, it kind of was uh, brought to me uh, during my last job I had. And I saw an opportunity, something that can be done better than it's being done today. So yeah, that was my main motivation. But if you did not want to start your own company to then take the plunge and actually say, yeah, now I actually do start my own company despite all my will of not wanting that, how do you manage that? Yeah, well, I mean, of course, it's fascinating. One, once you, you think about, yeah, maybe you could do your own company, then you start thinking a bit more. And then what also, I mean, fascinates me in, in, in this business, especially, we have that power lines, which is mm -hmm. kind of traditional engineering and I've been doing that for now 12 years and on the other side there is that rising new technologies like drones and software in general and I think the combination of these two yeah that's that's also something that that motivates me so it's really your your personal interest about the topic and seeing something that can be done better that draw you into entrepreneurship yeah I think so yeah and can you walk us through the specific problem that you solve with Linea? Yes. Um, maybe I have to give um, you and the audience a little context because it's very much a niche that, sure. uh, where we are working. So in general, I mean, power, power grids is our business. And we see that there is a lot of pressures for the, for the operators of, of power grids. Uh, because, uh, I mean, there are several reasons. Uh, one reason is uh, the environmental um, aspects that that you have weather impacts that are getting more important. You have more uh, storms and, and stuff that are, um, that are that are a threat mm -hmm. for the power lines. I mean, for example, like it was in 2018, uh, there was a big storm. Um, at the Albula Pass, and four towers um, collapsed there. Wow. So that was pretty bad. And I think that's something that that we see more in the future, like more, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, weather influence. Uh, one other thing is that uh, electricity in general becomes more important because the decarbonization um, of the whole uh, yeah, energy branch. Mm -hmm. And that, of course, uh, brings more uh, more traffic on, on the existing grid. And then there are a couple of uh, grid-specific uh, things, like, for example, if you want to rebuild a power line, an old power line, 
you get a lot of resistance from the communities because no one wants a power line in the backyard. Yeah. So if you want, I mean, if you want to build a new one from scratch, it's almost impossible. But even if you want to, um, yeah, do the, the old one, just renew it, it's, it's still a big struggle. Then the power grid in general is pretty old. Um, vast part of it, I mean, at least in... I would say in the Western world it was built in the middle of the last century. So they have an age of like 50, 70 years, something like this. So you have to rebuild it, of course. And yeah, growing energy demand, it's, it's difficult to grow it because of resistance. And then one thing I learned during the last 12 years is also that if you, um, if you do maintenance work at power, power grids, um, the, the, the shutdown windows where you can actually do the work, uh, it gets shorter and shorter. Mm -hmm. Uh, because yeah, there's just, um, more, more traffic on the, on the power grids. Um, yeah. And that's a lot of, of pressure for the, the power grid owners. And to that, in addition to that, I mean, they own like thousands of power grid towers and power lines and they do inspection like every year sometimes i mean normally they they walk along or, or drive along the lines and they take notes mm -hmm. from time to time they fly with a helicopter and i mean that's okay but but in the end you don't have uh, a very much transparency of of the whole grid and yeah what we offer with our um software is that we can give them more transparency so that when they have to do maintenance work they do actually those things that are mo most important so they have yeah they have just more transparency over their assets it sounds like a very niche but also very pressuring problem that you're solving there to make it more efficient and also yeah. less labor intense to a certain degree yeah definitely yeah of course, you don't walk that path alone. You also have a team in, in your company. So what experience does your team bring to the table to solve that problem and, and make your company a reality, basically, day by day? Yeah, well, I mean, myself, I have the whole experience in the power grid um, section. So I know very much what the customer needs. In the end, we need to do software. So we have the, the, the software skills to do that. So I'm, I'm very happy that I could win, um, Benhardt, who is, uh, my, my, my partner and co-founder. Um, I mean, we studied together, but I went to the energy uh, branch and he's been spending all his time in, in, um, in software. And he did like first at university and then he moved on to a startup for, um, uh, natural hazards and then for a big, company doing international rail safety software and now he ended up with me <laughs> doing drone <laughs> software so i mean he's that kind of of guy that you you just give him a technical problem and he just solves it so <laughs> that's a very good uh, skill of a co-founder mm. to have mm. you also are very active in the market you are growing with a company you're currently bootstrapped and i also wonder what milestones what important achievements have you recently achieved with with your company well, the most important that we did just this month is that we um, acquired the first international paying customer. So nice. Congrats yeah. on that one. Thanks. That's huge. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we have done during the year a lot of POC mm -hmm. uh, with, with several companies, uh, mostly 
in Switzerland, but also internationally. And so now, yeah, it's it's like to the end of the year, it's very great to to see that actually, um, yeah, um, there the, the, there is a problem that we that we solve. So yeah. I think there there's a, a saying by Mark Cuban. He always says, "Revenue cures it all." So, no matter how how hard you worked for it, how difficult it was to get the software off the ground, or whatever uh, problems and or issues you had to solve along the way, if you get the paying clients, if you make some revenue, you're gonna be happy at the end of the day, most likely. And you've also recently been awarded with the Public Choice Award at the Energy Startup Day 2021. Do you think that these awards are, are helpful for you as a startup company or what impact does such an award have for you? Well, I will see. I mean, it's the first award that, that we won. Uh, so far, I mean, I always think about do I do I spend the hours on customers or on other things like, um, yeah, going to startup events. Uh, honestly, so far it was not very motivating. All, all those startup event, events because it was a lot of work, but without any rewards. Mm -hmm. uh, now for the first time we want something. So uh, yeah, I will. Uh, I will see. Yeah. How how does it feel to win such an award yeah. for the very first time? It's uh, it's of course it's great. Yeah. It can also be quite a motivation boost, right? Yeah, yeah, to yeah. I mean, have was, this recognition. It was quite unexpected. It was like, I think it's the third or fourth time that we went to the Energy Startup Day. And so far, we were never like mentioned too much or so. Mm -hmm. And now it was surprising that we actually won. <laughs> so yeah, very motivating. Consistency pays off, I would yeah. say. <laughs> now, of course, you also are active in a competitive uh, environment. So I also wonder... How does that competitive landscape look on the market side? Do you have any direct competitors that you compete with or do you have any substitutes or, you know, maybe the company is just doing it manually by flying the helicopter or walking by the power grids for the inspection? Who is your biggest competitor from, from your perspective? Yeah, I mean, some, some companies that are doing similar things, I consider them more than partners than competitors. But of course, there are a couple of drone software providers that are now maybe doing some kind of the same thing but uh, most of them they they just provide inspection software for general purposes and and what what defines us is that we only have power line inspection but we do that very well because we have the the insights and i think that's our our strength that that i mean that we we really know the business uh, we know we do not know any other business, but this one we know very well. Yeah. So in that regard, you basically differentiate by offering a better quality with your software than potential competitors in the market. Yeah, I mean we are faster when we are talking to a customer. We, I mean, we, we know in a minute what they really want because we know. Yeah. I mean, I've been in the position of the customer for for the last years. Mm. Absolutely, and has this niche focus. I think it's a huge advantage because you exactly have. Your knowledge, you know who your buyer persona is, who your ideal customer is. Has this ever been a, a drawback or a challenge for you uh, along the process so far? I mean, we've talked to some, we've talked to some people, and they said, "Oh, only just you, just doing power lines. Don't you want to do any other things?" I mean, so far, I mean, what what is maybe difficult is that we have from the beginning we have to go international. Mm -hmm. Um, Switzerland is far too small, 
Unfortunately, there are <laughs> there are countries all around us that that are uh, from from a culture not too far away. So, and during the COVID pandemic, the the whole um, yeah, let's say having meetings online is just a natural thing. Thing so it's easy just to to talk to potential customers all over the world. Yeah, but yeah, you have to to learn um, new cultures all over the world very quickly. Yeah, that's the challenge of going international. Today's episode is brought to you by Relay. Relay is a Bitcoin-only investment app from Switzerland, available on Android and iOS, that gives everyone an easy and secure way to invest in Bitcoin with minimal barriers to entry. No deposit, KYC verification or registration is required. After you download the app, just choose the amount of euros or Swiss francs you want to invest and make the payment using a bank transfer. That's it. You can start with as little as 10 euros or Swiss franc and pay 0% transaction fees until the end of 2021. Alternatively, you can automate this process by starting a weekly or monthly savings plan and buy Bitcoin at regular intervals. To learn more, head over to relay.ch slash ambassadors slash Swisspreneur and buy Bitcoin with Relay, Europe's easiest Bitcoin investment app. Another thing that I also wonder if that was a challenge for you, um, the combination of sort of hardware and software, of course, you focus on the software part, but still there is a real life, a hardware component with the drones and also the inspection itself. Is that combination, was that ever a challenge for you? Well, in the big, in the beginning, we didn't even know what we will be doing. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, since I'm coming from from the power grids itself, I just knew there is going to be a new business there. But yeah. as many things are involved, like yeah, as you said, there is drones involved. There is even the drone itself has different parts, like the payloads, the different cameras and stuff, or mm -hmm. not only cameras but also like lidar things like this. And I mean, first it was a challenge to find out what we actually uh, will be doing. But then during talking to customer, it came became more and more clear, uh, clear what we will be doing, what we can do. And I mean, in the end, yeah, there is a lot of hardware out there. What I like about our strategy that is just we can uh, integrate all of it with to stay open, of course, it's it's a lot of work to to be open for different kind of hardware, but that's also one of the interesting parts. I mean, also we are now talking to different hardware suppliers, and that makes it interesting for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is a really fascinating problem that you mentioned there, right? We didn't know what we were actually building at the beginning. I think many startups face a similar problem. They try to validate, and they don't know which way they should go and eventually also which way they should pivot to. Do you have any tips on how you manage that to then find sort of a product market fit to really find the real, the right problem to solve with your company? You have to try, basically. Yeah. Uh, first, I mean, try to think hard and, and speak to customers for, for a certain time. But then you have to do something, uh, maybe for a couple of months, uh, build something and show it to your customer. And then you get feedback. I mean, you need to get feedback and then you realize what could uh, solve a problem or, or where there is a problem at all. Mm -hmm. mm. 
And when was the right time when he then said, okay, now we are certain enough and now we actually start building the software in, mm. in your case? Did you do any you know, pre-contracts with potential clients or what gave you the confidence to say, okay, it's actually worth investing time and money into the actual development of the product? I think we had two important Swiss customers that we could do a small project with and mm -hmm. we had like a small prototype. And they said, mm, that looks good. If that would be more elaborated, then that might have a future. And then it was clear for us, okay, that's where we're going now. Nice. And did you, you know, use their interest as a pre-finance method to already get some money in the bank to pay yourself a salary and to pay for development? Mm -hmm. Or how do you solve that? Well, no, first we, we had like more than one job. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I had to provide for my family. So I, I worked part-time for utility and part-time for that company. Yeah. And yeah, fortunate enough, like one and a half year ago, I could quit the other job and I work full-time for, for my company. Nice. And, you know, talking about family, I could imagine that's also quite a, a challenge to be an entrepreneur, but also to have and spend enough time with your family and be there for them. How do you balance entrepreneurship with your family life? Hmm. Well, maybe I'm lucky enough to be in the right business to do that. It's not very fast. The, our customers, um, yeah, they are very traditional and they have a lot of uh, infrastructure they have to, to handle. So they are not very fast to implement uh, new solutions, which gives me the opportunity that I don't have to work 200 hours a week um, that that I think I can be successful. So yeah, for me, I mean, I'm now 35. I have come close to, um, I mean, I have had like burnout symptoms like one and a half or two years ago. Mm -hmm. And I realized what is really important for me. And I think it's, for me, it's important I still I, I want to I want to do my startup, but on the other hand, I don't I don't um, yeah I don't want to destroy any everything else that I have. I don't want to risk my marriage or things like this. So what how we do handle it? I mean, I also have a wife who who is um, ambitious with with her job. Of course, we have one child. The second one is coming in in a couple of months. Oh, nice. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I spend one day with with my with my child, and that that must work. Yeah, and and so far it's 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 good, but it's very important to me to to have that time. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so far it it went uh, well. Yeah, we will see where it's going. <laughs> <laughs> Fair point. Eventually, you will probably work more than in a regular job, but at least as an entrepreneur, you have that flexibility to also accommodate for family life and basically work whenever and from wherever you, you basically want to a certain degree, right? That's true. But in the end, I mean, it's the customer who, who tells you yeah. when and where to work. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, yeah, fortunate enough, that's what I mentioned. I think we have to write customers. <laughs> so far, it, it didn't matter for them if, if I hold the meeting on Friday or on the next Tuesday. So okay. it's kind of they're flexible. <laughs> that's great. And you also don't have any investors on board yet. So I also wonder, was that a conscious decision? Because also I can imagine if once you get investors on board, they might have a different view on your workload and the work-life balance that you mm -hmm. currently mm -hmm. set up for yourself. 
was that a conscious decision to say, hey, our work-life balance is more important to us than having investors on board? Or was it a different reason why you decided to not have investors on board yet? Yeah, I mean, that's one of the reasons. Mm-hmm. Mm, I'm, I mean, maybe if there are investors out there that are compliant with our um, company culture, then yeah, you're very welcome. And But the other thing is, I saw other, I mean, one direct competitor of us, uh, they went bankrupt a couple of months ago and I was very afraid of them, honestly, because mm-hmm. they, they put a lot of power in into it. I saw them kind of being very active and maybe I'm not sure if, if investors would be patient enough with, with the pace that we can offer or our customers can offer. So it, yeah, it takes a lot of time to convince them. And that was the other reasons. I'm not sure if we find a, a yeah, an investor that has enough patience. That's really interesting. So to a certain degree, what you're saying is your competitor who was venture-backed with investors, they basically ran out of time because they had probably pressure from the investors or then also ramped up the team size and also their burn rate. And due to the very long sales cycle, they didn't make it in the end. And you staying bootstrapped, Mm -hmm. getting fully financed by your clients, Mm -hmm. you basically have way more time and more relaxed way of going about that and can just Mm -hmm. take the patience that your clients need to close. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, in the end, there, there still might be (laughs) <laughs> some competitor which has both uh, money and time. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. And in that regard, I also wonder, did you ever have to make any tough trade-offs by being bootstrapped? Because I can imagine, you know, you probably have to cut your salary to to pay yourself out less than you probably would with a VC-backed uh, investor. Any other tough trade-offs that you, you faced during that time? I mean, I, me- I mentioned the near burnout. <laughs> yeah. That maybe was also because I had two jobs. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's the it's the salary that yeah we we have a salary, but it's not too high, but it's good enough to survive. Yeah. And then you eventually realize that you don't even need that much in life to have a good life, right? <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I also wondered the burnout that you mentioned. How do you then avoid it to completely get into the burnout mm. and get out healthy again and stay on track? Yeah, well, I worked less for a certain, maybe for half a year. I, yeah, yeah, I, I, I still I kept working, mm-hmm. but just a little less. Like how much less? One day. Okay. Yeah, but that doesn't sound like too much difference from the outside yeah, perspective. But it's, yeah, it it, it worked it, for it, you. Yeah, it worked for me. Yeah. Did you do anything else? Like, did you get any any outside help, or did you talk to anyone to manage through that <laughs> to process? <my> wife. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, I mean, yeah, that was important to me too. I mean, I think Google, I did that online Google. I googled one one uh, test mm-hmm. um, where you can check if you have like a lot of burnout symptoms, <laughs> and it was like. 15 points out of 20 where it was like alarming <laughs> and wow. then I knew like okay maybe I have to yeah slow down a little yeah. but I mean that that was enough you you just acquired your first international client I mean that also gives you a boost to pull through definitely yeah so that being said first international client acquired the energy startup public award that you just won what is next for you for the future what have you planned for the next 12 months Mm. I mentioned that we lit, we did a lot of 
proof of concept uh, this year. Mm-hmm. And our customers, they have like, I mean, proof of concepts, it's like small projects. And let's say 100 or 200 power line towers, but they own like 10,000s of towers. And the goal yeah. for the next year is to, yeah, to scale that, that, that we actually do a grid wide, um, that we provided uh, the whole system for the whole grid. Yeah, I guess you want to do the upsell and then also go and switch to recurring revenue, I could imagine, right? Mm. Great. So exciting future ahead. And before we wrap up today's episode, we also have some rapid fire questions prepared for you. (laughs) So I either give you a short question or a selection, and then you can answer in one sentence. Are you ready? All right. What was your summer job as a teenager? Um, Once I I worked for like a... what is it called? The uh, job service, um, and and I worked for uh, gardening for for old people and helping to move. And in the end of the holidays, I could afford a, a skateboard. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I'm sure that's also that has also been very motivating to work yeah. towards that skateboard mm-hmm. purchase. What are you most proud of in your life? Mm, I mean, from a professional perspective yeah it is that that i from scratch built that company not alone with partners but yeah that we have now something that has some value Mm -hmm. apple or google apple definitely that's an easy choice where do you go to think uh jogging in the woods nice and the last one for you today lake or mountains Mm, i love both so um, probably a lake in the mountains. Yeah, then. mountain lake. <laughs> no, but if I have to pick, it's it's probably mountains. Yeah, is that your happy place? Yeah, one of one of them. Yeah. Nice, yeah. Lorenzo. Thank you so much for joining us today. We wish you all the best and lots of success with Linea in the future, and hope to see you again here very soon. Yeah, hopefully. Thanks for the invitation. This episode was brought to you by Swisspreneur's main partner, Clara Business the digital all-in-one solution for small businesses. Managing internal processes manually and on paper wastes an incredible amount of time. That's why Clara digitizes everything, allowing you to focus on what really matters, your core business. Go to clara.ch to find out how your business administration can be simpler, faster, and more efficient. Again, that's clara.ch.